The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Ryder Cats. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One, agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Representing BK to the fullest. Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. Indeed, indeed. And you can find this here podcast on your co- uh, on the coast of the podcast network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. And you can also find us on your podcast browser place of choice, as I try to talk and type, um, on the, the, on, um, wow, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, you can find us on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and at the Coast of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Indeed, and you can find us recording every, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Again, please hit like, subscribe, and leave us great reviews and hit the notification button so that you know when we are online broadcasting and recording. Indeed. And shout out to Benji Games, who, who, who's joining us on the YouTubes. What's going on, good sir? What's going on? Uh, all right. So first, folks, we are going to uh, get into some MCU shenanigans because the first episode of Marvel's Secret Invasion dropped this past Wednesday night, a.k.a. yesterday as of this recording. Um, and we're, of course, you know, we're not going to get spoilerific about it because of the figure map, but we might, you know, there's some, some things here and there that might come out. Right. There, I mean, we always go very light on spoilers because we end up recording literally a day or two after at most. Right. So <laughs> ultimately what we have here is the return of the MCU on the Disney plus small screen, the Disney plus small screen. And it is a welcome return, although, you know, and obviously they played this up during the episode, and this is the the most minor of spoilers. I actually felt, I felt Sam Jackson, a.k.a. Nick Fury, 
think to himself, if not say to himself, <laughs> hey, I'm too old for this shit. I saw that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, it was the theme of, it was one of the overarching, or overarching themes of the episode because we had people characters that uh nick was running into and interacting with basically telling him exactly that although there is a, a theory going around in, in uh, uh on the internet that he might be putting on an act possibly I, and i can kind of see it possibly so we'll see how this all plays out in the next episode which is supposed to be much more action-packed or much more uh, uh filled with things going on because much like a comic that we all read this week that we both read this week episode one is a lot of setup yep indeed indeed um and i know i do remember someone asking not me particularly but it's just kind of asking on the internet do you need to uh watch or rewatch captain marvel to get anything out of this and i would say no because actually, they even kind of go through the final parts of uh, you know Nick Fury's involvement with uh, in that situation anyway. But it's none of that is right. really, you know, unless you just haven't seen it at all. You need to know, right? Whatever you need to know, they they literally cover in like two lines of dialogue. Right. Right. Unless you hadn't seen it at all, that's a different story. But yeah, but if you've seen it, like you're definitely not missing the whole hot by not rewatching it. Right. So. That being said, we're kind of getting to the corner. I know some people are missing uh, this corner. I've even seen people or one or two articles saying, or at least one article saying, is this uh, Marvel's Andor? I'm like, that's a little too soon to be um, to be asking that question, first of all. And second of all, I, I've, you know, some would argue that the, the MCU's kind of been doing that well before Andor was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I would be among those to say that. So, but I get what they're trying to go before by making the uh, making the parallels. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's still kind of soon to tell, but and and also like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's not like we haven't seen spy type stuff in the in the course of MCU. You know, to the to the degree of whether it would uh, parallel to, to Andor or not, which is not saying that's spy stuff, but, you know, to the kind of intrigue that that gets into. Like, eh. For, for the MCU, it did what it did, put it that way. Right, right, so. right, 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 right. You know, and you know what? There are interesting things that the MCU can still explore because they have that basis of S.H.I.E.L.D. and spy things going on that you know, is just integral to the MCU, like the fabric of the MCU. Mm -hmm. There's just some of that stuff, you know, you know, obviously uh, woven through the the fabric of the story of Black Widow and Captain America. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is just more of, you know, this is just another branch of that, uh, of that uh, group of stories, Mm -hmm. you know, Whereas I think Andor was very much wholly, I don't want to say it's it's created out of whole cloth, but it's an, a previously unexplored part of the story. Of Star Wars at that also, uh, right. I mean. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, like we had a little bit of it in Rogue One, 
a tiny bit of it in Rogue One, right. but th- that was but Andor was a, a vastly different uh, beast as a story than Rogue One. Exactly, exactly. So, um, anything else? Um, hmm. Let's see. We. Hmm. Well, we got introduced to a bunch of characters, right? That yes. had been teased through casting. Yes. Um, we saw a pretty cool guest appearance right up front. Right up front, there was a guest appearance. Like, oh, I didn't know this guy was going to be in this. I, you when, know, having seen a trailer, I did, but yeah. Right. I, 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 I've been staying away from trailers, you know, unless it's on, unless I see it in the movie theaters, I've been staying away from that stuff. So I didn't really know that that character was going to be in it. So that was a pleasant surprise to me right, right at the beginning, right off the top. Right. And, uh, well, without going into too much, um, you know, in the spoiler territory, like we had some, uh, Agent of Seven and I was talking about uh, the validity of certain people being there, uh, being here, you know, based on a thing that I won't go into that you see early on. Right, 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 right. So I was like, huh, that's curious. But, um, and yeah. interestingly, so far, and in, 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 and I did see something scroll across my social media feed this afternoon where I believe the director of the, of the series was told not to read the secret invasion comic storyline because you know, it, this is not an adaptation. They just took the title. Right. Which is fair. Cause they couldn't properly do it. Right. Without certain other things being in place. Right. So, so you know, it's very much in the, in, in the tradition of the MCU period where they uh, they borrow the title and maybe adapt like you know some of the themes, but the details are very much left up to the current batch of creators dealing with the show and or movie. Right. And I will just I'm just going to say here on a on a side note. Speaking of the MCU, we're going to have another um, parallel uh, that we talk about when we get to the books. Right. 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 Okay. But, but that so being I said, think we covered. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say I think we covered. You know, secret invasion. We kept it very light on details, folks. But you know, we, we you know why? Mm-hmm. This has only been out for not even forty eight hours. So let's go, you know, deeper into it next week when we have another episode uh, under our belts, and we'll, you know, we won't have a movie protocol to deal with. So we'll probably have a good chunk of secret invasion uh, done by the time we have to go back into movie protocol. Right. I will say that we have a, um, a, um, an actress that is going that is a candidate for the triple quadruple threat. I guess at this point, uh, Amelia Clark. She's done Marvel. She's done Star Wars. She's done Game of Thrones. Um, I think all she's missing under her belt is Star Trek. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like if you throw if you if you combine Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings together, right, you know. You got yeah. your fantasy, exactly. So. The fantasy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw, if, once you put Game of Thrones in under fa- under the fantasy wing, then yeah, she's mm-hmm. close. So yeah, so that's that's been a thing that's kind of uh, popped up, but yeah. Otherwise, like I said, good first first episode. I'm looking forward to see the rest of uh, the. It's only six issue, uh, episodes that's, that we're going to get. So, and uh, yeah, 
I, I, I assume and hope they're going to continue to push the hour mark if they're going to get everything out the way that they're trying to do. I think so. Yeah. So, but anyway, now we can push on to the books of the week and uh, go back to that parallel that I was speaking of. <laughs> Ultimate Invasion number one happened this week. Right, and this is a four-issue limited series. Ultimate Invasion number one is written by Jonathan Hickman with pencils by Brian Hitch, uh, inks by Andrew Curry, colors by Alex Sinclair, and letters by none other, none other than our favorite lettering Python, busy letterer indeed, VCs Joe Caramagna. And much like the first episode of Secret Invasion uh, uh, in the MCU on Disney Plus, the first issue of Ultimate Invasion is mainly set up. And we have a pretty clear idea of what at least starts out to be the main focus of the antagonist slash villain of this series and it's not a big spoiler if we say that it is the maker the ultimate version of reed richards and we have some uh shenanigans he's up to basically um looting and heisting things from various from basically every member of the uh, Kaluminati. <laughs> I was I was I was thinking of whether or not I had that uh, 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 the, the Illuminati uh, sound effect. You know the uh, the, the sound drop. Clue, I think it's clue. Kid Capri. That's Clue. DJ Clue. Oh, is it Clue? Oh, okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. Like which DJ is it? It's yeah, because he's like Clue. 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 You said it. He's like Clue. Illuminati. Exactly. Yeah. So. Exactly, exactly. I just couldn't remember if it was mm-hmm. I, I couldn't remember who it was exactly. <laughs> so but but ultimately um the Illuminati are brought in and, and you know it's kind of a nice nod to um Secret Wars, you know, the Hick, the Hickman version of Secret Wars. Right. So to see Hickman kind of dive into that group again and to revisit their dynamic again and to you know reassemble them you know, uh, for this little mini event is kind of, you know, kind of fun to see Hickman play around in. And I'll hand this off to Roddy cat by saying that, uh, by mentioning something I talked to him about in our pre-production meeting, which is it was kind of fun to kind of re-engage with Hickman's writing style mm-hmm. and his cadence, even though these characters are all, all written very differently. You can kind of recognize Hickman's writing and writing style. And it was kind of nice to re-engage with that after a while. Right. Take it away. So, yeah. So I, I agree with Agent Seventy on that because yes, yeah, while we, as Agent Seventy pointed out, we don't necessarily get the the whole mumbo jumbo just yet. Um, we definitely get, as Agent Seventy said, the tone and whatnot, and the and the um, the love of words that uh, that Hickman has. In, in his yep. writing, and that we love him for. 
I should say. <laughs> so that so saying that is not a slight. <laughs> Sam is like okay, from the whole from uh, everything leading up to his own secret ones, world's run, the, the adventures, and all that kind of stuff. Like now, nah, we've we've always enjoyed uh, his particular brand of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, so this particular issue felt like it was um, of a different time, and and part of that is intentional with the art. Because obviously they're trying to evoke uh, the uh, the art style of the Ultimate Universe. Brian Hinch was there from from the beginning, so obviously that was an obvious thing. But there were other parts of it, in, especially in bringing in the Illuminati, that kind of made this feel like this was of another time period. Uh, because obviously we hadn't seen the Illuminati in quite some time, especially you know in the six one six version of of it. So. Uh, so coming in and uh, another thing is I totally forgot that the maker was still actually around in the six or six in any fashion because the last time I saw him I was like well I thought they just got rid of him for good um, he's locked up right at him out so exactly. uh, we know what's funny is that the group shot of the Illuminati updated their looks to reflect their current status right Exactly. Right, so it was kind of funny. Like, oh, so that's what I forgot. You know, not not that I forgot, but I'm like, all right, so that's what Namor wear is wearing right now. Mm-hmm. That's what, uh, what you call it, um, Xavier, Professor X is wearing right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so that's what the the Inhumans are up to. They're in a new place, and that's what they're called. And I'm like, oh, I hope Lockjaw makes it out of that. Okay, you know, right, right. Because and which also made me think it was like wait yeah we hadn't seen Blackbolt in, in or any of the humans in a good minute so um, right the hell? that's like I was about to say that's fodder for a, a Google search to find right. out what the, you know what happened to them because if we don't know guess what most people don't know right and it has been quite some time since they they swept uh, the human stuff under the rug right. Right, 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 right. So otherwise, that yeah, we got we got to get the set up and. Um, we get the maker's um, machinations, or at least what he's trying to do. He goes to visit uh, someone who is not necessarily well, of a, a say, like mind, but uh, a similar I was about to say the other refugee of the ultimate universe. Right. That, that's a spoiler without spoiling. Yeah, you, you, well, and also if you've been, well, one, if you've been keeping up, you know who that is, but two, but if you've been uh, watching the video version of this program, you've kind of you kind of caught wind of who that person is. Right. So, but to just wrap that all things like, yeah, it's interesting. I'm kind of, it, the curiosity is there to see where, where this is going to go and what lead up to. Cause I don't know. Supposedly there are ver- reverberations coming out of this to what extent we don't necessarily know, but I figure if they got Hickman's on this, Hickman on this, it's going to be something significant. Yes. Yes, I think I think that we both agree on that. And once we heard that Hickman was working on this particular project, we could guess that there are going to be repercussions, reverberations, and ramifications. What other R words are kind of synonyms for that? You can put them into that. So right. ultimately, um, you know, talk about alliteration right there, right, folks? So... Um, you know, you knew once Hickman was named that it was going to resonate. Oh, yeah. 
you you were just stalling just so you can get that last one out. <laughs> I, I saw the I saw the, the the cogs moving, um. But yeah, but also probably more than likely, um, some way shape or form is probably going to um lead into his other thing, which is going to tie into uh, the the Hellfire Gala. Gala, maybe maybe right. not, but I don't I I feel fairly confident to see that that that's going to happen. Right, <clears throat> it would make sense, but we'll see. Yeah. That it remains said, to be seen. Right. That being said, though, we can push on uh, to a uh, another book, which is Avengers number two. So Avengers number two is written by Jed McKay with art by C.F. Via, colors by Federico Blee and letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. This issue is essentially a direct continuation of where we last left off in Avengers number one. Um, interestingly, um, it feels like uh, this run on Avengers is, I don't know if it's, I don't know if this is what McKay was getting at, but it definitely felt to me more like a justice league story. I can see that, and I feel like possibly. So I'll leave. I'll, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat because that was basically my the the, the feel I got from reading this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we 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 know that Marvel and the Distinguished Composition have uh, has a tendency to um to um refer to each other in the nicest possible. I'm I'm going to say in the nicest possible way when they do stories. Sometimes their stories right. of quite verily similar, maybe in one or two cases have the same people writing said story, but that that's not a case that happens that often. Um, and I can't say that this one is directly that, but I can see what the, the, the justice league feel that, uh, the age of seven is talking about is in this. So after coming out yeah. of last I mean, issue, I was about to say, hold that thought. I would okay. just say that I would, I would supplement what I said by adding that there are definitely some Superman esque scenes in this that some of the characters pull off fair that's fair that is fair um so yeah after the events of of last issue um i would just say that the team is getting tips on things that are going to happen but from a very dubious source but everything so far has been coming true and if that sounds somewhat kind of familiar um, no, it is not the same uh, catalyst that sparked off Civil War Two. However, it is someone who would have some knowledge of events that happened after. Well, that that they could have access to having. Let's put it that way. Man, I haven't thought about Civil War Two in a long time. As I, soon as you said that, I was like, "Why is this similar?" Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that kind of was like, whoa, oh man, no, we're not, we can't go back there again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, that, but it's not that situation, but the, the, but there is a similarity to it because not necessarily for the nature of it, but, but because of the fact that they're going off of gained information uh, from a future source, I guess, uh, a future leaning source. And that's the, that's a big hint to, to, uh, who is involved in this, but it's also kind of um, uh, leading into or starting to lean into what Jed McKay's um, has set up in his timeless, timeless um, one shot from the beginning of the year. 
I suspect, I think because there was even a footnote to the last one, and I'm still not even sure, not I'm saying that, that everything from the the book prior to that, the year before that, has all come out by now. Because I feel like I've, I feel like we were talking behind the scenes, like, yeah, some of that stuff still hasn't really come to pass from that first Timeless book. Uh, and also, this kind of makes me want to go back and read this the more current uh, timeless book because like I don't remember everything that was uh, Brian, I barely remember anything that happened in the timeless book they had a flashback sequence in this right. that reminded me of something from the timeless books and but I would have to go back and reread those mm-hmm. so that's probably the thing that's our favorite tool which I will not name because they do not sponsor us that's fine we're going to talk about it later on anyway but, um, <laughs> that's right <laughs> So it's fine, but yeah. So, oh, just to kind of to close the door on this one, like there's, it, there is still some interest in this with what's going on. Like I said, the the whole sp- spelling out, hey, there's some things that are about to happen, and uh, you know, uh, Jet McKay's just kind of charting that course out with with what's going on here. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Also, I guess I should be the one to say this because I don't. Th- I'm fairly certain Agent Seventy didn't remind, uh, didn't read this, but um. This is also hearkening back to the more recent that is actually still going on that I think of, uh, about it, Avengers Beyond. Because in that book, uh, you have a former, well, a, a former potential future antagonist kind of coming to ask the Avengers for help. Mm. Um, and as I recall from that love from the last book, yeah, the Avengers are none too pleased with this person because of something they did. I suspect the same thing is going to happen with this person in a different way because by nature of who this person is, you know, you can't help it. But we'll see if all that bears out. So, and how long, whether this is going to be a six century arc or just going to continue. I mean, well, we know some of this stuff is going to continue past the arc, but they, they made that, I feel like, made that fairly clear with, uh, some things in this issue. But, uh, yeah. It's a fairly interesting start uh, for this Avengers book. And we'll see where it goes. And I believe we had one more book we said we are going to hit before the Rapids. Sure. I think we settled on Titans number two. Yes, we did, in fact, mm-hmm. pick a DC book. So Titans number two is written by Tom Taylor with art by Nicola Scott, colors by Annette Kwok, and letters by Wes Abbott. So uh, what's funny about this is that Tom Taylor is writing both the regular Titans book and the current Nightwing book. And if, while it feels like you, uh, well, you would, I guess, presume that there would be much more of a crossover. There really isn't. Right. And this week's, uh, issue of uh, Nightwing was pretty special, and I'll get to that when I do um, Rapid Fire. But in this Titans issue, it's it's interesting the dynamic that uh, it seems uh, Taylor's trying to set up, and you know, interestingly, it's it, it's a dynamic that forces me to recognize that a lot has happened since I was really reading. Uh, Titans, and I think that the most recent run of um, uh, 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 Teen Titans, I think it was, was it Teen Titans? Before they relaunched as Titans, yes, probably it was right. 
Yeah, there was a, there was I do remember there was a Teen Titans book out before they read. Right, and there was a Teen Titans Academy stuff too, right? Which essentially actually, brought the. Yeah, you might be think you might actually be thinking of Teen Titans because that was the one that was actually right before the relaunch. Right, right, the Academy, one, right? right, and then there was a Teen Titans right. before that. Right, no, I'm thinking of the Academy one because the Academy one is the is the title that reassembled the Wolfman Perez Titans basically right. and brought in that group of. Um, uh, characters and 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 uh, 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 you know that that group of young heroes you know to bring on as um, as as fledgling heroes and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately to sometimes be like kind of sacrificial lambs to a certain extent mm-hmm. and I would say that what we find here is you know as I said what I was kind of driving at is there are certain dynamics between the characters that are revisited here that I was not familiar with. And I'll get into that in a second. We initially start this issue off with a, a flashback. That's a <laughs> kind of a retcon. I'm like, when did this happen? <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, there is that, but also I could see it happening. Right, right, right. I'm like, when did this happen? Uh, <laughs> The uh, there's a sequence here of Nightwing doing Batman things, mm-hmm. All right? Uh, some time, some, well, some wait, unfortunate me, time travel. Hang on, let Go me ahead. kind of correct you just a bit for that. He's not actually doing the Batman things, he to a point, but actually talking about Batman things he could do. Well, it's a bit of both, right? It's a bit of because he's doing Batman things and that he's explaining all of his findings. Right. Right. But also Batman things like brother. I like Batman things. Mm-hmm. Things that got him that's, in trouble. That, that's a spoiler. Right. That's a spoiler without spoiling. Right. Right. So, uh, I guess, I, you know, before I hand it off to Roddy cat, I guess the dynamic I was thinking of is something that is an old dynamic that apparently, you know, I, I think it's because of the, the recent stories that put Coriander, uh, uh, a.k.a. Star, Starfire, um, into more of a leadership role. And there's a bit of a question during the story about who is, you know, who gets to take on like the field leader role. Because we know that Nightwing, you know, the former Robin was the kind of unquestioned uh, leader of the Titans and the Teen Titans from Jump, right. and another character, namely Donna Troy, is put into uh, uh, the role of field leader for a particular away mission. And I'm like, wait, that's kind of the way it always was back in the day. Right. You know, so like I said, I needed to kind of re, you know, kind of recall and remember that Starfire has been given a bit of an upgrade in terms of her characterization or at least you know she's evolved to the point where you know she was if i'm not mistaken like leading the titans during that whole academy business right she's she was basically like headmistress or whatever the case may be uh, then but also i think in previous the, the iteration before that she was also leading whatever team right yeah so, yeah, and I like the way they handled that part, because, like, like, yeah, because I, 
I don't recognize the 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 uh, the Donna Troy from the from the past stuff. Like, yeah, I read some Teen Titans back in the day, or Teen Titans, but not enough to get to that point to know, you know, how anything past Robin being the leader was the case, and, mm-hmm. and you know, certain dynamics between a couple of the members of the team. So the Donna Troy thing, I wasn't really that assured of. So I was like, okay, they're just doing something new, but I, but also, but the way they handled it, and this was like, no, this is it's. Totally fine. Ain't we ain't got time for all of that. <laughs> so, the, like you just said, just kind of, kind of put it back the way it was for that, for this, for this time. Like, who's to say that's not going to change in, in next issue? Because maybe they're going to be a different, different uh, uh, leader for the team for the different missions. For the way it sounds, right, right, right. They might be configured differently, you know, during the various away missions. Right. I did like that uh, they made use of the upgrades, the recent upgrades from like the new Fifty Two going forward. Uh, the, the upgrades that Cyborg has received, mm-hmm. right? Cyborg is, you know, you know, with the the apocalypse tech, uh, you know, the, he's a very different character now. I'm just not used to seeing it. You know, I've been reading it for years now since New Fifty Two. It's still weird to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about uh, Mr. Mr. Stone in a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> oh, he had cool. a. I was about to say he has a, a mini series out now, right? Actually, I think it's a uh, ongoing. Is it ongoing? Okay, I good. believe so. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, depending on how it does, obviously that could change. But you know, as, as far as I can tell, now it's an ongoing. Good, good, good for him. That's right. I did see that on the on the list of comics out this week. So yeah. So because you know that whole Donna DC stuff, they're they're giving books to a whole bunch of people. So a whole bunch of folks. I'm surprised uh, Beast Boy don't have one. Right. Uh, what did you think of the ending? I wasn't surprised by it. Like I, I and I've, as I said in my notes, it's like yeah, something from the first issue that I knew was going to come back up happened. I thought although it happened faster than I thought it would happen. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't surprised by that none, uh, especially when they when they had just so happened to bring it up in the middle in the middle of this issue. I was like, yeah, okay, well, I guess they're going to that's going to come back up at some point. And sure enough, now I guess we, what we don't know is to the extent of what's going on with that is the thing. But it it feels like something that has probably happened before. Like I know there has been stories like that where I'm not going to get into what actually happens, but. Stories like this have happened before, and I suspect there's going to be a little um, brushing up against before, you know, the shoe actually drops, put it that way. Right. So we just have to wait it out and see what happens uh, with this particular uh, version of that story. What about you? I mean, you know, I kind of got a chuckle out of it. I was like, oh. Interesting. That's an interesting play, you know, like for for this character to take because that character to me has never really played that big a role in Titan stories. Right. You know, for me, you know, because he really wasn't part of the Titans when I was an active fan and an active reader. And I know he, you know, made appearances, appearances afterwards, but it wasn't during my run of reading the book. So, right. And I guess technically got probably a little bit more shine in Young Justice. Right. Then, then, then not. So, but yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you on all of that. So, so it went, and it, yeah, I guess all was, it was like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? Because that character also like, just like you was like, yeah, it's not a sure, whatever. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's, that was my whole thing with that, with that whole ending thing. Right. Um, 
But now there's another part of this, however, that not necessarily glossed over that kind of comes up in the beginning of the book, having to do with one of the, of the members and their life status. Um, right. The, coming off the cliffhanger at the end of the first issue. Right. But we kind of, well, the first issue kind of pretty much kind of pretty much laid that down, but also it still was still weird to see, you know, what happens with that in this so I was like, mm-hmm. well, play. So I guess we got a time frame coming on. So they're they're setting up something that, that's going to come at some point, uh, clearly. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so is that a done deal with this, or what? Was very clearly setting up is something they're going to revisit at some time, probably after this first arc, which is, seems to be the case. Yep. So yeah, it was still weird. I'm like, stop messing with time. <laughs> goddamn speedsters chill yeah seriously seriously you know what's funny and, and we'll, you know just the, just as we kind of transition into our uh, i guess either our last book or rapid fire hmm. i guess i guess that super speed power when taken to the extreme the way uh dc does you know they you know it's not quicksilver level it's not even you know, it's 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 not even like a Silver Surfer level, right? Because some of the fastest characters in Marvel don't do that. Right. Has never right? changed the whole timelines. Right. Right. Just don't do that. That's just something that DC decided to just use. And obviously, you know, it was once uh, a strictly a, a once in a while thing where uh, they used a particular apparatus, a, a treadmill, as it were, <laughs> right? But, you know, I guess it's just a trope now. It's a trope that they use often with these speedsters in the DC universe. Yeah, convenience. Just, just yeah. you know, whatever. We'll just do this because it's convenient. Yeah. Which I know people you know. have issue. people have had issues with in the past and probably currently. I don't know. But it's like, all right, just... It's comics. What are you going to do? But also, you can still fault the comics for for such. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's the comics and the writers. I'm just like, no, stop. You right, know, because it seems on one hand it seems lazy. Yeah. So, and other hands like, all right, well, if if it comes out and ends up doing being something good with it, then I guess it's acceptable. But it's still kind of lazy. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. All right. That being said, um, I don't know. Did you want to do that last book, or we'll go ahead and go into rapid because that one was pretty. pretty no, we can go. We can go into rapid fire. Okay, I'll spin it. Hit it. I ain't got time to bleed. All right. I will lead things off with an IDW book. Godzilla, Here There Be Dragons, number one. It's written by Frank Thierry with art by Inaki Miranda, colors by Ava De La Cruz, and letters by Nathan Wittick. I talked to Roddy Cat about why I read this book during the pre-production meeting to this show. Interestingly, I knew what the, you know, I read the solicitation before I read the book. And interestingly, it plays with canon it plays with a bit of a retcon because we all know that godzilla was created quote unquote in his current incarnation as a fire breathing monster or a radiation breathing monster 
in the wake of nuclear testing in World War, you know, like post World War II, right? This story has a setting far earlier than that. Far, far, far earlier than that. You know, think about like Jack Sparrow time if you're a, a, a you know, a, a, a pirate person, right? Pirates of the Caribbean person. And that's essentially the, that's essentially the, the the setting that we find ourselves in here and it's just you know it, it's kind of like an interesting play on uh what we know to be uh godzilla's story but you know right now it's it, it's still kind of like a, a a tale that's still left to be unfurled as it were you know it's kind of being told as a tall tale and that's kind of an interesting uh uh storytelling uh device that Thierry is putting in Next up is Nightwing number 105. It's written, as I said earlier, by Tom Taylor, with art by Bruno Redondo, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters by Wes Abbott. So if you're not reading Nightwing, I think you should. Nightwing has been very entertaining for many months now since Tom Taylor took the book over, uh, if not years. This issue has a uh, uh, an interesting... Uh, uh, I guess quirk because it is drawn from the perspective of Nightwing's eyes. So when you're reading it, you're looking at things as Nightwing would see them. So everything is written, uh, drawn and written, obviously, uh, but drawn um, from the point of view of Nightwing. So that when you're looking out, you see things as if it was a first person shooter. And it is pretty inventive. We do get a little bit of um, uh, development in terms of the the, the, the new uh, Heartless character. So we'll, we find out more of that. You know, we, we get more of that character uh, in this issue. And uh, obviously it's fun to see uh, Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Nightwing, kind of running around um, in a different Bloodhaven, a brighter Bloodhaven, but still the Bloodhaven that you might be familiar with. So um, it's a lot of fun. I recommend it. Next up is the last book that Roddy Cat and I have in common. So he's going to chime in with anything, uh, with any of his own thoughts on this. And that is Guardians of the Galaxy number three. It's written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. With art by Kev Walker, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by VC's Corey Petit. This issue is an interesting uh, third issue because I had to read the second issue just prior to this so I could get caught up. And the second issue I thought was more memorable in how it treated members of the Guardians. This third issue brings back a concept, not necessarily characters, but a concept that had not been explored in a while. And that is the Spartoi or the Spartax, uh, the people of Spartax, the, um, the home planet of, um, Jason of Spartax, the father of Peter Quill. And at least in the comics, remember this is comics folks. And where we go from there and the, some of the developments on, um, this Grootfall storyline that are kind of more uh, explored in this issue than in the second issue of this so far three-issue old art, uh, story. So uh, I will hand it off to Roddy Cat with his, with his thought, for his thoughts on this book. 
So, yeah, a couple of things, especially mentioning the Spartak, I totally forgot that Peter had a sister. Like, not MCU sister, but, but uh, right. an actual comic book sister. And I had to kind of go back and uh, check that. Oh, right. Not that person, I remember. Because that even still is kind of a later addition to, uh, to, his, uh, to his canon. Because that was like, according yeah. to what I read, 2014. I totally forgot that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really look into it, but like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember. Right. I did. I thought they were, uh, I, at first I thought it was sometimes like, no, they're just doing that because they, they're MCU fine. this. I was like, oh, no, no, that was a thing that they, um, no, that was the thing they put in the comics a, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So, which to be fair, 2014 still around the, you know, still the Guardians thing, you know, th- there was still some sort of MCU vacation then. You can right. probably appoint to, but having said, uh, yeah, like I just have to say, we do get a little bit more on the the group fall situation, uh, and slowly bringing it to, uh, what the hell happened because we still don't know. But they're just kind of, you know, popping little pieces here and there to just kind of bring this, uh, just to kind of bring that up to speed a little bit more. Uh, as we talked, uh, as we joked before the show. They're not doing a Zeb Wells and, and making us wait uh, 26, 27 issues to find out what's going on. I, I, so I suspect at the end, by the end of this arc, we'll probably we'll probably know what happened, if not the uh, resolution to what's going on. So, and because obviously they want to, they probably want to do a little bit more character stuff um, going into this because there's a there's a someone else that's going to come in the fold in the next issue. So. Still worth, still pretty interesting reading, you know. Um, like I said, where where they're going to this is going to be the the key thing. How they're getting out there so far, it's been all right so far, is what I can say. Yeah. Alrighty, and last for me is uh, Incredible Hulk number one. It's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Nick Klein, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. This is an interesting read. Because it plays off of not the most recent Incredible Hulk run, but the more celebrated run before it, written by Al Ewing. Because it has horror stuff and plays off of the Green Door stuff. So if you like that stuff, you may want to at least read this. And the, um, uh, the backup story that was in the Incredible Hulk annual prior to this. Oh, so right. I this is about that. Right. So this is an interesting first issue for sure. And it is, uh, as I said, much more in the vein of uh, Immortal Hulk than what we've been reading about the Hulk recently. But it does take into effect that story. It does, you know, acknowledge that that stuff happened. And this is um, also a continuation of the story of Bruce Banner post that um, uh, that run. Hmm. You yeah. know the whole uh, spaceship Hulk, right? Right. Which I yeah, I don't think I fell off of that. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. Same here. I was just waiting for it to end at that point. You know, uh, but um, but ultimately, uh, that's it for me. And I'll hand it off to Radicat. All right. As we as we go from this uh, Jim uh, Jim Chung Hulk cover, I'm actually kind of curious as to read that uh, Hulk book because I was I did read the kind of flavor text on it. I'm like, huh, interesting and. Philip Kennedy Johnson's been doing some interesting work. 
Human yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Like I said, because it harkens back to the the early Immortal Hulk stuff, mm-hmm. I would recommend it. Gotcha. Yeah, we definitely like that uh, stuff. All right. So for myself, we got Batman Superman World's Finest number 16, written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora, colors by Tam- uh, Tamara Bonvillain, excuse me, and letters by Steve Wands. So... Um, stop me if you heard this, folks. AI's taking over. You hadn't stopped me yet because you know what's actually happened. Nevertheless, uh, Mark Wade has decided to just go ahead and write it through this book because um, uh, there's been a kind of a robot rev- uh, revolution in a way, but it's actually in service of this new Amazo robot that is um, kind of... Uh, uh, kind of gotten the better of, it, of its creator and decided to just go full I would say full uh, Skynet but they're not, not to that point yet but definitely there is a takeover being done so the heroes kind of are, are on alert Batman and Superman's been captured along with a couple of uh, uh, heroes in, uh, in their human guise um, and some and they're, of course, the creators of uh, this new Amazo robot and some other um, um, robots in the DC universe. So there's a whole thing going on here. Um, but it ends up being a, a whole hero party, but also being, hey, this is a game of chess going on, it, it seems, uh, with, uh, with our team and this uh, new Amazo robot uh, that's going on. So it's been cool. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been liking it. There's even a plastic man shows up. So, you know, <laughs> Mark Wade is, if nothing has been doing nothing else, been pulling, um, pulling folks out of the, out, out of the basket left and right, which is kind of funny. So it's, it's just a matter of who shows up when, why. So anywho, uh, good so far. um, Cyborg number two. I'm trying to see if actually. Oh, okay. Agent Seventy was right. It is a um, it is a miniseries, huh? Because I'm looking at the thing now. That's weird. How many issues? Six. There you go. So it is two of six. Um, written by Morgan Hampton, art by Tom Rainey and Valentin Delandro, uh, colors by Michael Ateu. Or at you, excuse me, and letters by Rob Lee. Um, last issue, uh, Cyborg's dad died. Silas Stone, you've seen him in the movie, also played by. Speaking of Terminator, <laughs> played by um, um, one. Uh, oh, wow, why am I blanking his name now? Um, Joe Morton. Uh, his dad died, but he's still around because there is this new company called Silas who, amongst other things, has been working with uh, Silas Stone on some things, and that includes delivery robots, uh, excuse me, delivery uh, cyborgs and whatnot, and they're basically trying to do a lot um, uh, to, re- as, as Cyborg saying, replace human jobs with uh, with, with robot jobs, and, and they are trying to come on this altruistic, no, we're just trying to better humanity and this and that and the other. 
Uh, but out of this comes, uh, uh, like I said, an android uh, that uh, has been imprinted with uh, Silas uh, Stone's memory, which obviously Vic Stone, who has already had uh, issues with his dad before he um, <laughs> before he died, um, kind of sort of was still trying to deal with, now has to deal with this um, this thing that is uh, around. The, in this book, there is a fake Twitter that um, that is uh, that gets referenced from this. I would say an influencer that's basically talking about what's going on, including you know, uh, cyborg and whatnot. You've seen the type of I, I've talked about if I if I tell you about it, but I, I don't necessarily have to. All I have to do is say influencer, and they're speaking on things, you know, whether or not. But the 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 fake Twitter in this thing is weirdly annoying and accurate and that's part bothers me <laughs> that part kind of bothers me because it kind of comes up as a, as a quote-unquote news thing but it's like but you know it's a uh, it's a part of the story also there's a cyborgs back in detroit and i for, keep forgetting there's a justice league of uh, detroit but that gets referenced in this in this issue um and maybe even um a tv cop dad shows up um, in, in a way, and that part was kind of like, all right, we see what you're doing here. You know what? Go for it. Nonetheless, um, we have young uh, Vic Stone, cyborg, you know, trying to trying to uh, trying to do his thing in Detroit as he's back, and now has to continue to deal with issues that he thought he's um, that he's dealt with, um, and also public scrutiny. So we'll see how all of that works out. Uh, next up is Black Adam number 12 of 12. This is, I can definitely say, is the case. Uh, script by Christopher Priest, pencil by Eber Ferreira, uh, colors by Matt Herms, letters by Willie Sherp, uh, Schubert, not Sherbert. Although I could use some Sherbert right about now. <clears throat> so, in this last issue, we have uh, the possessed body of Black Adam to deal with uh, Malik, who I think. I can't remember what his superhero's name uh, is going by, uh, but Malik has to deal with with the help of the uh, let's just say the the astral form of Teth Adam. That all kind of gets resolved, leaving uh, Teth Adam to go his own way for a little while, seemingly. But also Black Adam still around in another, and uh, I'm not sure where that's going to go from here. But apparently that is a thing now. Um. What we didn't necessarily get is whether um, Malik, this new the uh, this new uh, hero that Malik is is calling himself. I don't know if he's it's, it's not calling himself White Adam because he already made talk, talk about that. Whether uh, what he's going to be doing after this, uh, obviously he's probably one. Well, obviously, or maybe not. Obviously, he's going to show up somewhere else. Maybe if someone decides to use him. But this uh, the last issue didn't necessarily do a whole lot to you know, to kind of um, poke at that. So, maybe we'll see him, maybe we won't. Otherwise, that interesting uh, end to this book. Shocking, I don't know if I would say, would say that, but his Black Adam and lightning powers, haha, you know. So, but it is definitely something that I wasn't expecting for the to happen in the, the ending of this book. Uh, next up, though, we have Scarlet Witch Annual, number one. 
Written by Steve Orlando, art by Carlos Nieto, color artist Triona Farrell, and letters by uh, VC's Corey Pettit. So, a couple of things to note is that this issue, uh, this annual is pretty much kicking off um, another story that's going to go through a few other anim- annuals, as I've come to find out. Um, I believe it is called uh, The Contest of Chaos, is what is it going to be? Is the. Um, the, the, the subtitle of all these are going to be and this is where it kicks off so uh, folks who may know of the one division story may be not surprised by the fact that one Wanda's uh, um, mentor um, is still around she has gotten progressively younger one would say almost kind of young to the point of where she was, uh, which should be in, um, in WandaVision, let's just say, because we do know Agatha, Agatha Harkness is going to have a, a MCU show. Um, and even younger as she had gotten in like, um, Scarlet Witch's last, uh, volume, which was, uh, granted a couple of years ago at this young, even Wanda kind of points that out at this. So that's, what's kind of funny, but the crux of this story is um, Agatha Harkness going to see Wanda because she's kind of worried about her, or at least under the guise of worrying about her because of everything that she's taken on, including, apparently, I don't remember when this happening, she basically sealed up the Darkhold within, and Shatan within herself, in her soul. And there are people who are, or who are, there are beings who are wanting to come after her for that. And Agatha, on one side of it, has been basically running interference between Wanda and these people. But also at the same time, she's kind of like worried for Wanda because you know, with everything that Wanda has already been through, if you know anything of Wanda's history, that's a lot in addition to this. So this whole thing kind of gets. Uh, dealt with but it was also in service of um basically queuing up that agatha all along song uh because there's some machinations going on for her that again is leading into this uh contest of chaos uh story that is going to next show up in the spider-man annual from if i remember correctly and it's going to go through a few annuals uh, if the when if the back of the book is to be believed, and there is a checklist of all the books that it's going to, um, this stuff is going to hit. And actually, I'm, uh, if you bear with me a second, I'm going to refer very very quickly to some of the books that's that's going to uh, that is going to um, involve. And they've been doing this stuff uh, a whole lot lately, almost annoyingly, but. Yeah, so continues in August with uh, Spider-Man Annual, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Moon Knight, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Gwen, uh, excuse me, Spider-Gwen, Venom, X-Men, and um, the Annual, and the Avengers Annual. And all of them have basically um, matchups, almost contests of champion style. So in other words, uh, the Spider-Man Annual says Spider-Man versus Wolverine. The Iron Man annual says uh, Iron Man versus Storm, and it goes on from there. I won't go through all of that. So yeah, this is basically setting up a thing um, with another set of connected uh, one shots slash annuals, and um, of course, I will be reading those because I am a sucker for things like Contests of Champion. Uh, 
and curious as to what this whole thing is going to be about that in a way that I probably shouldn't be. Uh, but yeah, there is that. Uh, my last book is I Am Iron Man. Uh, and that's number four. A five, actually, because this is the uh, this is the penultimate issue of the walk down memory lane for Iron Man. And it has been written by Morewa um, Ayodele, art by Doten Akande, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Here we find ourselves during the time of uh, Tony Stark, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, if you remember that time frame. But we also get um, a lunch with the, uh, the facial hair bros, if you remember that concept coming up. Um, uh, uh, and, and it's even kind of referenced in the story. But basically the story is, hey, Tony Stark's seeing things that no one else can see, so he calls on Doctor Strange to kind of help them. And then from there, it kind of goes into a whole thing with uh, Tony and S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, with Doctor Strange only coming in, you know, one part or another. So, Also, I don't... There's a couple of things of side note of, of this that was kind of amusing to do to this. Doctor Strange knew and possibly dated one of Tony's exes around this time because that got referenced in okay. a, in a particular bondage kink uh, or as excuse me, an unexplored bondage kink. And I was like, wait, Emma? Cause, and that's the thing we're going to talk about later, but I don't think that's what I'm what right. talking about. Uh, but also another thing, uh, um, Dr. Strange was like, Hey, you made armors to fight your friends, such as the incredible Hulk and whatnot. But Thanos has come here a bunch of times <laughs> and you've not made one Thanos buster armor yet. So what's the deal with that? Which also kind of comes into play um, into something later on that uh, someone is none too happy about or basically none too happy with Tony at around this time that I barely remember anything about. Um, But it was an interesting read nonetheless. So um, got one more issue of this to go. And um, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see what it all bears out into. And that is it for myself. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, I don't think the, the, the fellow said anything, actually. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. No, they did not. So it's, it's, it's just us. Cool. Uh, you got your... Hey, there are weeks like that, folks. There yeah, are it, weeks it's, like... Yep, happens more often than not. So <laughs> people are busy. Um, or what have you but do you have yours because I think I do okay I think I do Which right can... so it was nice to see you know kind of a little walk down memory lane as you said with ultimate invasion number one and to see you know the, the setup but I think the second issue you know because it's only four issues we're going to see things happen in the next issue right like so I think uh, this issue is mostly set up. Um, Incredible Hulk number one under the direction of Philip Kennedy Johnson was good. I'm willing to see how, you know, where, where it goes from here. Mm-hmm. But I think the issue I enjoyed reading the most, and this is not that big a surprise, because I have been enjoying this run by Tom Taylor on Nightwing. So I will go with Nightwing number 105. And again, 
the the conceit, the concept here is seeing this issue through Nightwing's eyes, and I think they pull it off very well. Right. Yeah, you said the whole first person thing, and it was like it just reminded me of the the one or two movies they've done in actual first person movie that I don't think I've actually ever seen, but have been right. curious, uh, curious about things. And so, doing a book in first person, I'm like yeah, sure, not that, you know. Not that big of a stretch. It probably can be better laid down than some of those movies could be. But it was also curious to see this, but I hadn't read it yet, so I might have to actually check this out. Uh, as I'm writing that down, I think I am probably... Here, let's see. There's... um. And Batman Superman was alright. Ultimate Motivation was was interesting, but as Agent 70 said, gotta see what that second issue is gonna gonna bring us. Um the first part of that I am Iron Man before it got kind of weird uh was of interest. But I'm thinking um oh, there's some there's a part of uh Avengers two uh that I say in my that I uh, mentioned in my notes from the beginning of it. It was like Hydra's still around? <laughs> ah! But also, I was like, apparently they forgot that the adventures were still around also, or at a specific one particular adventure, the way things happened. So not only, I guess, they are still around, but they've relegated to, uh, <laughs> they've been relegated, well, they've been technically relegated to beginning arc status. So that's not totally un- unheard of. But the book I'm going to go with uh, in this particular case, and I did read, I did skim through uh, Edge of Spider-Verse. I will actually very quickly say that if you are interested in any more about that Spider-Boy character, yeah, you might want to check that out. Mm. Hmm. Because while it, well, from skimming of it, it looked like it was going to go into the origin uh, of the character, but not necessarily. But there is definitely... The first story is his, and the second story has to do with um, a version of Miles Morales' sister that we saw from uh, Solid M. Ahmed's run um, that was uh, in a different universe. That was a a universe without Miles, specifically. So we see a little bit more with that character, what that uh, character had gotten into. And that was a a seemed to be... That was going to be a seemed to be a a a interesting story. Uh, once I go back mm-hmm. and actually read it properly. But, like I said, not to belabor the point too much longer, Scarlet Witch uh, Annual number one is going to be my click of the week. Um, but, yeah, I was like, huh, this is going somewhere, and we know <laughs> we know at least some part of it is going to have some you know, MCU implications, and maybe they're setting some of that up here? Who's to say? It kind of seems like it, though. And with that, folks, uh, we have done Clicks of the Week. Let's get one ad read in. Our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel anytime. Now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. 
www.cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Dun, 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 dun. Cinematic news is coming. To- okay, no, we're not doing that. Um, The Flash starred. <laughs> you got it in my head now, dang it. Uh, it doesn't take long. Uh, the Flash star teases DCU return. We're not talking about that criminal. We're talking about uh, Sasha Kale. Kale, I guess that's her name. My apologies if I butchered it. But she was talking on uh, Entertainment Tonight about her character, um, Kara Zor-El, a.k.a. Supergirl. And uh, let's see, it says here, quote, uh, I love her so much and I feel her very deeply. I think this movie was a runway to a better story for her. Um, I guess that's putting it out into the to the uh, to the universe. As you know, hey, give give Supergirl a, a booby. I mean, I've heard good things about Tom Taylor's uh, Supergirl um, Woman of Tomorrow book, so things can happen. And I can't remember if that was anything that was actually said in what James Gunn had already put out that was coming. So I suspect not. But uh, but isn't right. This article also says I just want to dive deeper into Kara and her feelings and into her day to day. I would just love to see her in regular clothes and human clothes. As a fan, the whole time I was filming, I kept thinking, what would she wear? What glasses would she wear? I was about to say that's a version of uh, Supergirl that um, <laughs> that uh, I may have answered that question previously to this, but you know, hey, it's a new take, a new thing. Um, eight to seven. How was her portrayal? By the way short that sounds about right okay <laughs> i mean honestly it was different right but then i don't have that much to compare it to there's helen slater and then there's um the cw uh who's the actor the actress Benoist. i i oh yeah benoist right yeah, yeah. um or benoist, benoist. um yeah. i you know i i didn't watch her portrayal that often right so it's you know like it's hard to it's hard to say what's different, but you know I would have seen you know I, I would be curious to see where they take it, you know it's a little you know it, it's definitely an interesting uh, portrayal, but you know it's it's what it is it's okay it's short like I said there's not you know right. like it's hard it's hard to really like say whether or not you'd be really interested in seeing more of it like on a movie level. Sounds like they didn't give a whole lot. No, not really. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, that sounds about right. Anywho, next up. A live-action adaptation of Batman Beyond starring Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, Batman would have been in the cards if The Flash had been successful at the box office. But it wasn't. <laughs> so, basically, uh, Kevin Smith uh, of uh, Clerks fame overheard uh, these potential plans and bottom line is uh, that's probably, you know, th- you know, that had been rumored for a while is that Keaton was going to do something future Batman related. And guess what folks probably not going to happen because the flash just did not do well because it wasn't that good. Mm. I'm actually uh, looking to see if Clark's three actually came out. And I guess it, it did. did. Yeah. 
It did. I hadn't gotten around. To, I haven't gotten around to seeing it. Well, it looks like it's going to be on. It's already on stars uh, as of this month, <laughs> or coming soon if it's not already. So interesting. Anyway, um, I haven't seen it either. I was kind of curious. Um, Blue Beetle director clarifies the film's place in James Gunn's DCU. So we already talked about what um, James Gunn uh, thought about Blue Beetle's place in this, and uh, the director uh, Angel Manuel uh, Soto pretty much. Uh, uh, is along with that um, or his clarifications pretty much go along with um, what Gunn said uh, the quote here is we are part of the universe, we are part of the world we are part of the plans that they have been creating for the future installments of the DCU, but we're not tied to all of the films of the past, yes our movie lives in a world where superheroes exist but that doesn't mean that a certain event or a certain alliance or a certain thing from the past dictates where our film is going, so technically yeah, he's the first, kind of first one of this new slate, but I guess the, the rest of them are around somewhere if you can into it from that next up now that Gal Gadot is not attached to Wonder Woman 3, the actor has said it feels liberating to be able to pursue other projects. And in a recent interview in support of Gal Gadot's Heart of Stone, the Wonder Woman uh, actor said she now feels empowered to, lo- to no longer be attached to the growing universe currently in development at DC Studios. Good for her. Yeah, it's kind of sad because she wasn't a bad Wonder Woman. So, I mean, she, she kept the lineage up quite nicely. Uh, I would say yeah. it just wasn't really the, the movie itself. The last movie, specifically itself, didn't really uh, do him wonders. No pun intended. Ew! Oh wait, did I skip one? No, I did not. Tiny Toons Luniversity announces fall release date. They're still tiny, they're still toony, and now they're going to a Luniversity apparently. Which actually reminds me of something I was going to say about. Um, the Teen Titans uh, Academy, uh, because <laughs> that is another that is a story that was lifted uh, from a fairly recent uh, Marvel thing that we that we liked around here. So, but uh, according to this article, Tiny Toons University serves as a reboot of the 1990 uh, animated series, and uh, yaki yada yada. Do we get a specific date outside of September? No, we do not. But it will be releasing on Max and Cartoon Network beginning this September. So, more Tiny Toons, yay. Next up. So, not in Acme Acres, Super Friends, the famous Hanna-Barbera cartoon based on DC's Justice League, has been removed from Max. The very first Justice League cartoon disappeared from the streaming service two years, basically, after being added to HBO Max on June 18th, 2021, Super Friends is the latest of many shows to get cut from Max ever since uh, Warner Brothers Discovery began shrinking the platform's content library late last year. It's not known whether Super Friends or other cut Max content will ever move to another streaming service, but uh, there are still some DC cartoons like Batman the Animated Series and Justice League Unlimited still on Max right now. Uh, we talked about this uh, prior to the show, and there's reasons upon reasons. None of them are great, none of them are logical, but it is what it is. And as Agent 70 said before the show, like, yeah, it's kind of one of the things, like, if you want this stuff, you're going to have to get it physical because yeah, it, nothing is promised even from the people who own the properties on these streaming surfaces, which is kind of a bummer, but 
It kind of is what it is. It sucks. Um, I almost didn't put this in here, but I kind of kept seeing this a little bit more. Um, but I figured it's good to touch on. So there's rumors, and very much stress the fact that there are rumors that the the MCU might get a Nomad series. Uh, huh. Possibly bringing back Chris uh, Evans, but def well, not definitely, but um, but also possibly bringing back uh, Scarlett Johansson as uh, Black Widow, according to this article uh, for a multiversal mission. So, considering the states of where both of those folks are in relation to the MCU, like, it would have to be something like that. Um, if that is uh, if that is going to be the case. Um, but yeah, so and the reason, the only reason why I said, the only reason, other reason why I brought this up is because one, there have been uh, Scarlett Johansson kind of been out there talking, not just for that Transformer stuff, but for this Nomad season uh, series potentially coming, and I think she still has a uh, project, an MCU project that she still uh, may be working out with Feige, um, and that's where these rooms are kind of leading up to. And then there's always that. There's also that talk about the uh, on the side note of Tom. Um, Tom Cruise wants to work with her and vice versa. As he's been mm. talking about Mission Impossible, he was like, "Oh yeah, she's enormously talented." And da da da. And I'm like, "What else are you looking at?" Because that's some something, something about that don't sound right. But that's just me. <laughs> like, this is Tom Cruise. We don't know. Where, you know like, uh huh. Anyway, but but yeah. Um, so yeah. Possibly a Nomad series starring um, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Maybe the this product project that she's still doing with the MCU. We don't know. Again, all of this is continuously rumor. Next up, Secret Invasion actually had an AI driven opening credit scene. Uh, not seen, but like uh, uh, a uh, opening credits uh, graphic, basically a uh, sequence. And apparently, it did not result in any artists, you know, not benefiting or you know not working, according to the visual effects studio responsible for producing the opening credits. So Method Studios insisted that the show's credit sequence, which employs animated artwork produced using AI, did not put any flesh and blood creatives out of work. In a statement supplied to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, basically saying that AI was a tool that the animators and artists used. So take that for what you, you know, take that uh, with a grain of salt, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. I don't believe it. And yeah, it's just whatever. Um. <laughs> I mean, five will get you 10. If they, you know, if they didn't use it, they probably, uh, they probably would have needed a few more people. But they probably are not lying by saying that, yeah, they had animators and artists use AI, but you know, guess what? That's a step or two that they're skipping. Right. So I think I saw Dan Slott uh, earlier talking about, you know, the, they would do uh they would do a nice service if they just replace that uh, next, se- uh, next uh, episode uh, credit sequence with a one done by real artists. You know, would do a lot to to for to to help their case, but we'll see. I doubt that very seriously. They they'll probably just cut this turn around in that short of time. Well, yeah, I guess his thing was saying was like maybe hopefully that this was a one off and they and the rest of them went to you know a more art, art um, artist created. 
but yeah, like you yeah. said, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, at, at most, they probably are going to cut this sequence down a little bit, but it's still going to be this sequence. Right. So, sad, but here we are, folks. Uh, Disney Plus confirms Secret Invasion's place in the MCU timeline. Uh, and it takes place after Quantumania. Um, yes. Uh, and it says, which also came uh, less than a year after... So it's after She-Hulk and after Quantumania. Uh, what the gist of it. So, which, sure, that kind of bears out, because, you know, I didn't think it was going to be that much different or off, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? So, next up. Uh, so in unfortunate news, folks, this week we got the first trailer for Sony Pictures Craven the Hunter, and we got to see uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's take on Craven, and we also got to see that there that he's not the only Spider-Man villain in the trailer. What we did, in fact, see, um, is uh, a very different take on another Spider-Man villain, namely the Rhino. Mm-hmm. And listen, if you can sit through the whole trailer, you get to the end, and that's where the Rhino stuff starts to be shown. Make it through the whole thing. Yeah, but don't worry. Um, it's 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 not the Rhino from uh, Amazing Two. So, right. So you don't have to worry about uh, what's his face's bad accent and that whole machinery thing. Um, yeah, I still haven't watched this, uh, the, the trailer. I'm, yeah, I don't don't care to. Sony and Marvel announces uh, two new Spider-Man universe movie release dates. Um, so it says here that the November eight to twenty four. 2024 is going to have one untitled Sony Marvel movie. We don't have a name for it. But also a second untitled Sony Marvel live action movie is dated for June 27, 2025. Uh, according to the article, no idea which we the one of them um, are and there's speculations of what they could be. Uh, and it may or may not have something to do with the next story, which is Ah, in rare Sony-related good news, (laughs) Bad Bunny's Spider-Man spinoff, El Muerto, has been removed from the Sony movie release calendar, and we won't be seeing that anytime soon. It was originally scheduled for January 12th, 2024, which is not all that far away. Um, apparently it is still in development, but the current writer strike and Bad Bunny's busy touring schedule have impacted the movie's timeline. So we will see if and when this ever gets off the ground. Or hopefully never. But, you know. Uh, you know what? 8 to 70. Take this next one, please. So, uh, Peter Parker voice actor Josh Keaton from Spectacular Spider-Man just revealed what a third season and more of the uh, animated series would have contained if it had been allowed to continue into the future. So it was, wow, canceled over a decade ago in 2009. It has lived on ever 
since for fans who adored it like me. So thanks to an, uh, thanks to an appearance, minor spoiler alert, in uh, Across the Spider-Verse, that dedication paid off. So um, let's see. Now i got to actually open the article because I was looking at the summary that we have because uh, that covers. Um, all right. So he was talking on a TikTok live stream. And he basically confirmed that uh, one future season would have been a year from Peter Parker's life in high school, and the fifth and final season would have followed him graduating. Okay. Yeah. Um, maybe this will, hey, maybe this will see the light. I don't know. Weissman's out there doing some stuff, but <laughs> whether this will happen again basically because of where that thing happened and subsequently was. Um, killed off probably not yeah but yeah listen it's an i listen spectacular is an adaptation like every animated and live action uh depiction of spider-man this is not like comic book canon but i like the show's overall tone uh you know you don't have to be a big fan of animation to just appreciate that it's okay animation it's not like world beating animation from 2009 but it's just a lot of fun uh, you know, I really enjoyed the depiction of both uh, Gwen and uh, Mary Jane in this series. They are a lot of fun, hmm. and they have a lot of depth to their characters. Yep. It, I, if anything, the the show was a victim of bad timing, which yeah, you, you wouldn't have, wouldn't have known that at the time, and no one knew that at the time. But what was well, some people knew, but that's beside the point. Um, but it was just a victim of bad timing. So. Yes, yes, yes. You know the 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 you know the victim of uh, you know Marvel basically reacquiring the uh, animated right. You know the the characters licensing rights. Yeah, and being bought by Disney. So, um, speaking of Marvel, Marvel's Namor actor drops out of next movie amid sexual assault allegations. Um, Tana Huerta has exited his next movie, which I think was something on Netflix. Um, Following said allegations of uh, Mexican saxophonist and activist, um, but all for his side, he says that the uh, that uh, things are false and uh, completely unsubstantiated, and I think he's lawyered up from from, from whatever. Um, but yeah, will we see uh, Namor anymore? Well, this uh, him is Namor in the, in the, the future, probably not, or probably so. We don't know, but you know how things we don't are know. Going. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, know, we'll, but, have to, we'll have to see how that plays out. Exactly, but the way things have been going for for uh, Marvel adjacent actors who've had some assault and and uh, uh, troubles, probably not. Yeah, uh, as opposed to other criminals from the distinguished competition. Next, <laughs> <now>. <laughs> uh, in better news, John Wick Chapter Four is getting a director's cut, which extends the longest movie in the Keanu Reeves. <laughs> franchise even longer pretty much so the fourth entry clocked in at a total of two hours and 49 minutes including credits i have not rewatched it even though i do now own it in dvd blu-ray and digital formats but now an even lengthier version is right around the corner chad stahelski the director recently confirmed a comic book movie he has almost finished work on the extended director's cut what are you doing to meet stahelski make me buy it again Psst. That being said, if you don't want to wait for the director's cut, uh, cut, 
the the, the Blu-rays out there with said uh, digital and DVD for twenty bucks at this point on Amazon. So, yeah, I have it. So apparently, uh, actually, no, it doesn't have a a, a, a rumored. Oh, okay, wait, it does say so. The so there's about another ten to fifteen minutes they put back in. Oh my god! Right, that's crazy, yo. But I would imagine that's literally I, a three hour movie. Right, I would imagine though you probably got it in um, deleted scenes if it's the same stuff. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't looked at. I haven't, like I said, I haven't really explored. Um, I haven't had a chance to explore it yet. I just enjoy having it and seeing it in my uh, my library. I'm like, oh look, I have all four. Sure, sure, sure. Um, anime corner. Anime corner. Oh, sorry, I am on the wrong sound effect page. I'm getting all the haiku in. As he tends to do. Um, Shin Kamen Rider kicks off kicks its way onto Amazon Prime worldwide on July 21st. Some have called it Barbie Day also because I believe that's the same day that the Barbie movie comes out. But, um, so yeah, after concluding its Japanese theatrical run on June 4th, Shin Kamen Rider announced today that, like I said, it's going to hit Amazon Prime video on July 21st, not just in Japan, but over 200 companies. We can very much assume that the U.S. is one of those 200 companies. Um, which is cool because I kind of wanted to check this movie out. So it's a reimagining. If you do not know, do not know of the, the original Common Rider, if you are aware of uh, that story, um, but yeah, you can check that out uh, then when it happens. Next up. So the best new Gundam project is taking forever to complete. Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's sequel is still far from releasing in theaters, but time may be on its side when it comes to the franchise's popularity. So um, this was... uh, So only one entry of Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway has been released so far, and uh, basically the, the opinion of this writer is that it's going to give Gundam a whole new audience in the process of waiting for the next release. Some would argue that uh, Witch from Mercury is already doing that, and it might be a better uh, Gundam new project, a new Gundam project that that does that. So, yeah, I have a beef with Hathaway for a reason which we don't necessarily want to get into. But I've not—I don't think I've also seen that first one. So, um, oh wait, actually, I'm, maybe I did. I don't remember. Regardless, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Demon Slayer season three makes massive change to Nezuko. Um, the, spoiler the alert, spoiler well, alert, spoiler alert. Well, I'm not going to go into what actually happens, but I mean, because even though it was We're last week, the last the, episode, we talked right. about it our last show. Well, yeah, we kind of did, but we even, we didn't get into actually, we didn't, didn't even get into the spoilers of and, and that, right? But yeah, so yeah, there were there was uh, the, the gang is still around, and there was definitely. Um, a, a change to Nezuko's character that's going to uh, come into that that's going to um, I guess reverberate throughout the next few seasons, season or two I know that manga fans are probably already know about this but some of us who are just watching the anime don't so back up off of us <laughs> right 
because I know somebody was like, well, it was in the anime, blah, 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 blah. I mean, and then manga, blah, 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 but yeah. Because if you had heard Agent 70 and I talking last week after the show about, well, even, excuse me, before the show, <laughs> about that finale, uh, we had some feelings <laughs> yeah, about pretty it. Pretty much. Part. So it was funny. Anyway, that's pretty that. Pretty much. Next up. All righty. So uh, a ranking of King's anime film has been announced, and the film will be a completely new theatrical release so the announcement came during a special program looking back at both the first tv anime series and the treasure chest of courage side story anime of ranking of kings uh details of the film including the story director and more have not yet been confirmed but uh yeah it's coming out indeed uh, thanks to Agent 70 for bringing this story up. Dragon Ball movies hit Crunchyroll and with more to come. So, folks, if you have not seen the um, the first 2011 Dragon Ball movies, and I'm slightly exaggerating, uh, even though there have been a lot of them. There's like probably, what, 16? I don't know. Of the original joints. Um... Uh, they're all on Crunchyroll. A lot of them on Crunchyroll. Uh, this specifically the Dragon Ball Z ones. I don't. It doesn't say here that whether the Dragon Ball um, ones are on here. Nope. All of these are Dragon Ball Z. So that is, so that's Dead Zone, uh, World Strongest, Tree of Might. Wait, I don't see Tree of Might actually. Hold on. Yeah. See Dead Zone, World. Oh no, Tree of, Tree of Might is there. Okay. Tree so of Might is there. Yeah. yeah I, keep, I was about to say if you keep if you keep scrolling, it actually says on June 29th. The remaining Dragon Ball Z films will also rely, uh, arrive on Crunchyroll. So it's only a week later. Right. But those are still the Z ones, though. So so basically right, all right. of the Dragon Ball the, the Z. The ones. Yeah. Right. So all of the, the, the uh, Dragon Ball Z ones up to Rav the Dragon and Bio Broly and all of that. Which good, because like I said, like I was telling Agent 70 before, prior to, I've got, I think, all of all the little ones up until Broly, Broly, I have. So And the ones after that I have, I, I have not seen. Uh, right. So apparently, that. there's even more coming out on July 6th. Yes, um, which are which is basically the last. Wait, I thought that was already out. So, Dragon Ball Z Resurrection of F and Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Okay, that one I hadn't seen, but Resurrection. That's of the F, newest one, right? Resurrection except of for X, Super, I have, except for Super right? Right, and Super Brawly right. I have not seen I've because not. those are the last two in that outside of the one that just came out. Right. No, I've seen I've I've seen Superhero. Right. And that yeah, that's the very last one that that just mm-hmm. came out. So, but yeah, still like I said, no, no Dragon Ball, just Dragon Ball Z stuff, unless that's coming at a certain time. But this article's not saying. But hey, if you haven't seen any of those, um, after July sixth, all of them going to be there. Uh, up cool beans. Yeah, up until Super Brawly, which I again haven't seen, but I'm because I'm not caught up on uh, Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> and Resurrection of F was basically the first arc. <laughs> of, of, of super so you know right. there's that actually I think wait I feel like there was another movie that was also there but whatever uh, next up comic book news meanwhile at the hall of justice alright I guess I'll lead off here mm-hmm. wedding bells are ringing again somebody's getting somebody's getting somebody's getting married come on folks that's a shout out to an earlier time Sure. Uh, <laughs> this time it's 
probably the last two characters anyone would have expected to tie the knot in the Marvel Universe. IGN exclusively revealed that, spoiler alert, Emma Frost and Tony Stark, Stank, will be getting married in the pages of X-Men number 26 and The Invincible Iron Man number 10 this fall. Both issues are written by Jerry Duggan, with Stefano Caselli drawing X-Men number 26 and Juan Frigeri drawing The Invincible Iron Man number 10. So this plot twist is the latest example of increased connectivity between the X-Men and Iron Man lines in recent months, obviously because of Duggan writing both. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so obviously this probably ties into that whole Tony Stark becoming the Black King and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But also breaking Tony Stark's track record of uh, dating redheads. <laughs> uh, pretty much. Yeah, no. Um, also, uh, speaking of going into the next story, this self-same um, cover, which you can see if you're watching the video version, kind of has a spoiler for something that we pretty much knew was going to, well, potentially spoiled mm-hmm. for something that we uh, knew was going to happen or happen by now or happen by then, I should say. Marvel may have spoiled a dead character's return um, on said cover for... Uh, that X-Men book, we see one Kamala Khan on the shoulder of, uh, and I think that's also America Chavez on the other side of her shoulder. But regardless, Kamala Khan is on the shoulder of Stinger, uh, who is also in the cover shot uh, of that. Um, also, that looks like the wizard back there, or is that another? Oh, no, that's Ironheart. I'm sorry. The sketching looks weird, but that's Ironheart. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, whether that was obviously, well, I feel like that's probably intentional one way or another, but we don't know (laughs) whether that means she's going to be back by the time this happens or not. I mean, fairly likely, but we don't know. Next up. All right. A one shot prelude, which is a preview of Fall of X. Um, focuses on Apocalypse and his wife, Genesis. So Before the Fall is a series of one-shots that help lay the groundwork for Fall of X, which officially kicks off next month in the Hellfire Gala after the X-Men have celebrated victories and cemented themselves as a major force in the Marvel Universe. The Fall of X promises to fracture mutant kind like never before. Each Before the Fall one-shot puts the spotlight on an X-Men series and its featured characters with Heralds of Apocalypse catching up with the former Quiet Council member. Okay. So y'all want to see a dope album cover uh, done by Pepe Larez? Check out the video version of this here podcast for that cover of that Heralds of Apocalypse book. Uh, New Werewolf by Night comic has been announced. Um... Wednesday, Marvel announced a new World by Night comic featuring the eponymous Lycanthrope teaming up with Elsa Bloodstone. Can we say MCUification possibly? Mm-hmm. Maybe. But the, the uh, comic is being written by Derek Landy and drawn by Fran Galen. Or Galan. Uh, it says here, certain sections of the stylist supernatural epic will be presented in black and white. Come on. I didn't even read that part before and it's already it's already um already there. Uh if you watch that World by Night special, you know what I'm talking about. Uh but uh, reflecting the pair's conflicting moods and unique hunting styles. So 
uh when is this thing going to happen oh also i guess it's uh september which also i should go ahead and tell you that september solicitations which is i think is a thing i haven't said in a minute are out for both dc and uh marvel so some of this news is kind of coming from there next up shout out to our colleague our co-host and absentia at tim dog 98 timothy adams for writing the previous story that I spoke about, the uh, the X-Men before the fall of X previews. Oh. So I just wanted to shout him out before I closed out that article. Uh, next up, Marvel's Venom is getting another upgraded form. Spoiler alert for Venom number 21, which is out, I think, this week. Uh, that's... that's- that's probably I, true. It's out this week. I'm going to take a look very I'm not quickly. Seeing it. Uh, yes, it is. But uh, maybe I didn't put it. I probably didn't put it in that where I have it. Okay. Yeah, it's out this week, but neither of us read it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, Venom did. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Um, uh, let's see what Al Ewing has done, or Al Ewing and Ramvi. <laughs> uh let's see what they've done. Uh, oh, I see. Um folks watching oh, the video version already see what he's seeing. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. So, you know, it's a it's it's a very uh it's a very classic Spider-esque move. We'll put it that way. Sure. All right. Uh, Frank Miller returns to Daredevil. Um, but not as writer. It looks like it's just a, a variant cover that he's doing that will be um, available as a one one hundredth virgin of variant cover, and it will ship uh, September thirteenth. With what book is that? With. Didn't say whatever's coming out in September, I guess, for Daredevil. Oh, Daredevil number one. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, it's right there. So yeah, it's, a, it's a, a Frank Miller variant for Daredevil number one when that restarts in September. Next up. Alrighty, so you can read the complete Secret Invasion Marvel comic book on Marvel Unlimited in two ways. Obviously, the original way that it was presented, and now in a Infinity Comics adaptation. Uh, so you can read Secret Invasion Infinity Comic number 1 through 18 so that you can go through it using the Infinity Comics style, you know, panel to panel mm-hmm. uh, it's, and scrolling uh, up and down. Right. Um, Webtoons, uh, Webtoons like right. in, in that, although they don't use those terms. But as Age of 70 said, yes, there's also another way that you can uh, read it. And that's straight through Marvel Unlimited app, of course, which is, again, not, not a sponsor, we're just saying. But as we were uh, told before the show, you can get uh, the, the trade of Secret uh, Invasion for free uh, if you go to Marvel on marvel.com slash redeem and put in the code scrolls. You obviously have to have an account with marvel.com, uh, but you can definitely do that. Right. And if you have Marvel Unlimited, it will show up in your library on the app. Right. I did it already, so that's how I know. Right. 
Next up, Marvel announces an Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series adaptation. So in the vein of the Mandalorian live action adaptation is a comic book format. Star Wars is giving the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus Plus series another go, but as a comic book series. It will drop in September and it will be a six issue miniseries that adapts the events of the live action series onto the comic book page, one episode per issue. Mm-hmm. Speaking it will of... be written I'm sorry. No, the no, creative no, 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 no. team is Jody Hauser and artist Salvador LaRocca. Okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say, speaking of uh the Mandalorian's adaptation, uh the season two adaptation started also this week. Uh right. Uh, of the Mandalorian. So that's out there if you want to read it in book form. Um, Marvel and Random House Worlds announced What If Adult Novel Series. It's going to launch in 2024 with the first title, What If Loki Was Worthy? And uh, a Loki and Valkyrie story by Madeline Vru. Uh, so yeah, this is a, this is a prose book um, that's going to happen and not a comic book. And um, it says October 2024. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Um, the first book is going to come out. The aforementioned first book is going to come out March 12, 2024, followed by Wanda Maximoff and Peter Parker were siblings. A Scarlet Witch and Spider-Man story by Shannon McGuire, publishing in July 2024. And What If Mark Special was a host of Venom, a Moon Knight and Venom story by Mike Chin, publishing in October 2024. Which I would imagine around one of these times, the the next uh, installment of What If Season 2 will likely be out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, but I don't think it says here because it doesn't go into that. So if any of that sounds, familiar, sounds good to you, check it out. Next up. Bethesda Softworks' upcoming Indiana Jones game is exclusive to Xbox consoles and PC Head of Publishing Pete Hines said during the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard Federal Trade Commission hearing on Thursday, the game is also expected to be available at release on Xbox Game Pass. So this, so, what's that? I'm saying this. This was originally announced as a project in development in 2021, just right. months after Microsoft announced its acquisition of Zenimax Media, which is the holding company of or or parent company of Zenimax. Uh, of uh, Beth of Bethesda. Bethesda Softworks, that is right. Now, not uh, one boo, two not surprising because you know Bethesda being wholly owned by uh, Microsoft, something was going to happen at, at some point with with something like this. So not surprising, but if you got Game Pass and I don't know too many people who, who don't, which you probably don't care one way or the other. Um, first look at uh, Alice Never After from Boom Studios. Uh, all I'm going to say is that this is a um, premiere issue of a five-issue original series from Dan Panosian and artist uh, Giorgio Spalletta, uh, Spalletta, excuse me, colorist uh, Francesco Scala and letterer Jeff Eckleberry. And it says here that... Um, wait, what is it? Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Because uh, I was about to say because it was basically uh, I was I, I was saw the the flavor text on this is the, the short part of it so, so it's not going to read this whole thing, but it's a Alice in Wonderland's land story that's kind of mixed with uh, um, Hereditary, 
that's what I, that's what I heard. So if that's uh, is something that's uh, or is it this next one? Uh, nope. I'm sorry. That's the next one. But either way, it's a Alice in Wonderland story that's kind of dark, according to, the, to what this thing is saying. Uh, but if that's is some interest to you, check that out when it uh, comes available, July 2023, next month. Next up. Uh, you can go over to gocollect.com or blog.gocollect.com and take a, uh, get a first look at Kill Your Darlings from Image Comics, which is something like Narnia meeting Hereditary, as Roddy Cat was refer- referencing. Right. So uh, this is a new epic beginning from debut writers Ethan S. Parker and Griffin Sheridan and superstar art team uh, Bob Quinn and John J. Hill. Okay. It's a dark fantasy adventure. Hmm. Set to launch in September. And not Jonah Hill. Thank goodness. Mm. Uh, Tilly Walton's Clementine Book 2 trailer released by uh, Skybound. So this is the second installment in the Clementine trilogy. Um, it's set in the world, obviously, of Robert Kirkman's uh, The Walking Dead and follows the 2023 uh, Eisner Award-nominated Clementine Book 1. Um, looks like there's the, the trailer is um, up, attached to this article, so if uh, any of that I said sounds interesting to you and you know who the Clementine is, um, have at it. Next up. Alrighty, so IDW has announced that there is a new series about Jean-Luc Picard's youth, uh, specifically his time at Starfleet Academy. And uh, this new series is going to be called uh, Star Trek... Uh, actually, no, is there a title in here? Yes. I'm looking well, for it. Well, the cover is anyway. But... Uh, Star Trek Picard's Academy. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Okay. You can all right. That's there. cool. And uh, when does this drop? Looking, looking, looking. September. Mm-hmm. Star Trek Picard's Academy number one goes on sale in September. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly if you're, what you're looking for is when Picard had hair. <laughs> right or probably after that one episode where they turn him back into a um, <laughs> where they turn him into a kid um, which yeah Disney's evil Darkwing Duck doppelganger gets his own nefarious series okay shout out to the, the article writer for that title um Negaduck Obviously, trying to pronounce that very correctly, because uh, <laughs> it can sound funny. very differently it, coming out of some people's mouths, uh, including mine, with, with uh, being southern and all. But uh, Dynamite Entertainment announces the the Negaduck series, which will be written by Jeff Parker with art by Ciro um, Cangilos. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The first issue will have many variant covers uh, by a bunch of people. Of course it does, because those things have been getting variants left and right. Uh, the comics will cover the villainous candy-stealing doppelganger and his exciting crime spree, which we haven't seen him in the pages of Darkwing Duck um, yet. 
so I suspect by the time we do that's just when this thing will probably uh, pop off I guess but September 13th is yes when the first issue is going to happen next up DC has announced the titles which are planned for Batman Day 2023 which hits on September, on Saturday September 16th and there will be five Batman Day exclusives, two promotional comics, two exclusive reprints, and the launch of a brand new prestige format series from writer-artist Raphael Grandpa. Um, for fans of Michael Keaton's Batman, there's even an exclusive edition of Sam Hamm's Batman 89 miniseries in hardcover. So um, there will be more announcements in the weeks to come. There have been things like theatrical releases, toys and merch, and of course the bat signal shining on the Empire State Building for Batman Day. The special editions include Batman, Catwoman, Prelude to Gotham War, um, a Batman Day exclusive version of Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo number one, and Batman number 608, the first issue of Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee's Hush, featuring a special Jim Lee foil cover. Okay. Hmm. Actually, that just reminded me of a book that I had intended to um, intended to read this week. That uh, speaking of, but if you're watching the video version, you can see this. Uh, I think the the '89 adaptation of Batman the movie, or uh, the Batman '89 movie, was also put out this week. Uh, that was written by Dennis uh, Dennis O'Neill and uh, Jerry Jerry Ordway. So I don't know if you're interested in that. Hey, that's that is out this week. Uh, last but not least, I should have probably had Agent 7 to take this one, but, uh, Nicolas Cage appears as Superman on DC cover. Because of course not. Of course, why not, right? Right. Uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see Nick Cage's, uh, uh, soups, uh, along with Batman and Superman. So yeah, this was a variant of, uh, Batman and Superman, uh, 16, uh, World's Finest, excuse me, 16. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 that is wrong. That's actually wrong. It is for Batman Superman World's Finest, but it's for 19, which is not out yet. So 16 came out this week. So my apologies. So that is coming up. And the, the cover is being done by Dan Mora, whose art I love. But this is funny. <laughs> now, wonder... Definitely timely. Yes, I was about to say, now, wonder why would Nick Cage be getting a, a, a variant cover for a Batman Superman book? Hmm. Weird. Second, wait a second, wait a second. We have a reaction for this. <laughs> I mean, not this. Emotional damage! It's not that. No, not it's that. It's really this. These are things that make you say... Indeed. Indeed. And that's all we'll say about that. Right. But, um, yeah, it's like I said, if you're, if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover and itself. And I'm sure it'll probably come back up when we talk about uh, that particular issue coming up. All right, folks. And with that, uh, that is in the news. Uh, let me get one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Uh keep our podcast free that is visit cspn.us then click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page from there scroll down and click on the amazon link to shop purchase items from amazon as you normally would whether it's books music electronics jewelry apparel or marvel legends for every purchase made on amazon through our link 
Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. If you shop at Amazon often, bookmark the link or add it as your homepage so that you can help the CSPN each time you order. We thank you for your support. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And folks, that brings us to the end of this here podcast. We appreciate you for, for, for being here, whether live or, or after the fact. Um, uh, we appreciate views and reviews and all that kind of good stuff. But we'll get that in a second. I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Nurse Needle on Twitter. You can find me at CBCats on Instagram. Agent underscore seven on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Network on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com is all the zone bro sites there in. And Tim D O G G 98 on Twitter, the Osiris of this ish. You can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, that's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word, theclicknation.com. But most likely, you will definitely find him over at uh, comicbook.com as Timothy Adams writing his face off. <clears throat> Go check out the man's works. Uh, you can find this here podcast on uh, the Close of the Podcast Network, the CSPN.us. Do it today. Uh, hopefully you have done your homework and watched the cold episode of G.I. Joe that is out there on, on, on uh, Hasbro's YouTube site. If you haven't, shame on you. Um, but yes, you could find this here podcast also on your podcast, Bruce's Police of Joyce, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Um... Oh, by the way, season one of Beast Wars, I think I said it's all already, it's also out there on the Transformers uh, official site. I think they have most of them out there. They're, they're still getting them, and they also have a um, a live uh, channel that's playing, just basically randomly playing them all later doing G.I. Joe. So, hey, check that out. No sponsor, just saying. This is a good show. Check it out. Um, but you could find us uh, recording every Thursday night, uh, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Appreciate folks. Uh, for. Hit, I was about to say, make sure to hit like and subscribe and all that stuff. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, I didn't thought you were, you were going to forego that, forego that tonight. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for everybody again, like I said, for, for being with us live or if you're catching us after the fact, we appreciate it. Um... Next week, more secret innovation. Uh, I for the first time in a good minute, I don't think we have um, movie protocol. Yes, that is correct because there's nothing we definitely out. don't have it next week because oh, next correct. week would have been Indiana Jones. I have not received word that we are going to watch that, so we will probably have. I think what we've guesstimated right now is a good month or so. Right. Until the next time we go into movie protocol, the next likely time that we go into movie protocol, not confirmed, this is just speculation and conjecture at this time, would be the next Mission Impossible. Yes. And tickets are actually, I think tickets just went on sale for that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so too. So, and they've definitely been been hitting press circuits uh, out there. Um, 
circuits, not circus, although it is a circus. Um, so anyway, yeah, we'll let you know about all of that. Um, you know, come time. And with that, folks, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Thank you.